Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. I'll be honest with you, I'm so not educated enough to even have a good conversation around, is it a disease, is it choice, you know, all those things, right? What I can tell you is, to me it's regardless. A human got into this place, whether it is fully chemically in you and was gonna happen, or it was the parenting style, it was the environment that person grew up in, it was one influential person in their life, non-parents that swayed it to lead to that, it was a singular event. And I think you and I probably know this to be true. It's a mixture of all those things. I think for me, it's kind of almost irrelevant. I feel like somebody's in pain. And the last thing I'm worried about is how productive they are at work versus how much I pay their salary. To me, that's just bullshit compared to somebody's got a real thing that they have to fix and we need to figure out how to put them in a position to succeed. And it is finally happening. Here it is. I don't even have to say anything about this guest, Gary Vaynerchuk. And we had an awesome, great, cool, chill conversation about maybe a little business, a lot about mental health, how he deals with substance use and mental health in his company, VaynerMedia. And it's just an awesome, amazing conversation. And I'm just going to let you guys get right to it. Unfortunately, it didn't end up being live, but it was still awesome. I have the video that'll be coming out as well. Keep an eye out for that. And I think that's all I got for you guys. I am just ready for 2021 to keep going. It has been so far an awesome 11 days of the year and I'm enjoying it. So enjoy this conversation and look forward to many more to go. As always, you are the best. I love you. None of this would ever be possible without you guys listening and just being a part of this community. It means the absolute world to me. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace. Hey man, what's going on, dude? Thank you uh, again. Thank you for doing this. This is awesome. Of course, brother. Happy to do it. Let's get into it because I, I do have a hard stop at seven fifteen, and so I want to give you as much time as I can. And happy New Year. Let's rock and roll. Really well to get the elephant in the room out of the way here. I am in Buffalo, so I apologize <laughs> for that. And, and super happy. And listen, <laughs> I genuinely actually hate the Bills fans, but it is not lost on me what this feels like. You know, I um, I. In 1998, after being atrocious for a long time, the Jets had a real run and made it to the AFC Championship game and that Nirvana. <laughs> and then again, it happened again with 2010. Like, I know what this feels like. And honestly, I think the Bills are real dangerous. I, it, it would not surprise me if they made a run to the <laughs> Super Bowl. So that makes me even more salty. But congrats to you and all my Bills friends. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of us out there around. I've, I've lived in Southwest Florida for a few years, and I find everybody is from Buffalo. Nobody wants to still live in Buffalo. Although the city's getting better. City is getting better. I'm a fan uh, of the city actually. Yeah. But again, yeah, thanks again for doing it. I figured I'd get that uh get that shout out done because I remember we talked a little about about that before. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. You know, people were telling me, what are you gonna ask Gary Vaynerchuk, right? The Gary Vaynerchuk I'm talking to. And uh 
I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to ask him? Because <laughs> I can't find, I mean, everything I have a question about, I can find him saying, right? And it was just funny. So I was, I busted out earlier today. I was watching some of your uh, wine library shit from like 2009. And you have this, uh, it's like a minute and a half one. And I think it was titled um, In the Trenches, Bitches. <laughs> I don't know if you're, this should be a t-shirt. Somebody should make a uh, Gary Vaynerchuk t-shirt. It says in the trenches, bitches. Cause if you haven't seen that video, it's wonderful, but you just talked about it, man. Just do it, do it. You know, listen, and there was a post like, you know, this morning, my Instagram post is basically the same thing. I'm a very, very, very big fan of the actual work, the operations, the execution. I've come to realize in my older age, a lot of that has, does have to do with mindset. If you're insecure, it's hard to put in the work because you're worried about the judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the process because I can tune out the booing and the cheering for that matter. Early in my career was booing. Today, I have to tune out the cheering. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of pockets I'm overrated and a lot of pockets I'm underrated, right? And so you have to navigate that as your career moves on. But yeah, I mean, I really do think getting your hands dirty, I think a lot of people look for the path of least resistance. They mm -hmm. are trying to figure out how to make their, you know, a podcaster's thinking about, you know, for example, this will be a nice moment for your podcast and it will be a bump, right? But it's not like tomorrow you're Joe Rogan show now. <laughs> and I think no, sometimes a lot, and I think a lot of times people go into that. They're like, if I can just get this one guest, if I can just do this, if one TikTok goes viral. And I think actually a lot of people get depressed after viral moments, mainly on the back of it not being what they thought it was going to be because they've overestimated what a viral moment is. You know, they just have absolutely overestimated it. And so, uh, yeah, I think. Um, I do love the trenches. I do love the day to day. I do believe I haven't made it because I also know that like for all the notoriety and what, you know, you can't imagine brother how it feels to have somebody start a podcast saying what I'm going to ask the Gary, you know, you know, I view myself in the same mind place I was when I was 15, which is nobody knows who I am. I'm bad. Like I'm in that place constantly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so when you hear the accolades, you're appreciative of it, but it doesn't register. And I think that really helps me to be frank. It keeps me motivated, excited. It's not like I'm tricking myself. I'm not confused that more people know who I am. I've made more money. I've had more success. But at the same token, I'm playing for the legacy of my execution. Like how big, how good, how great can I make this? Not, you know, a blue check verification or 25 million followers on this or $10 million mm -hmm. in income on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think you hit it right on the head when you talked about just the the self love and the confidence. Because for me, in my whole life, I'm 35. I spent what 33, 32 of those years not loving myself, not caring about who I am, not having any confidence in myself, not being comfortable with failure, all that shit. And you know, eventually, I ended up using drugs to escape that. Coming back and now developing that self love and that confidence and cutting myself some slack. I mean, it's crazy what you can do and what you can deal with not doing even more so. And funny enough, I got my feet put to the fire because you guys are hiring that content creator thing. And so I applied for it and I ended up doing it. So I got an interview Thursday. But wow. I was just I was just laughing about I was thinking even before the interview, though, and this is why I really bring it up, not just for uh, a little shameless plug there. I really bring it up because I knew in 48 hours I got the email I had to do a bunch of content. Right. And I just did it. 
I didn't think about it. I came up with a backstory, did a bunch of shit and created it. I was like, no matter what happens after this, I just proved myself I could do it, right? I love that. I love that. And by the way, on the other side, Tyler, Ryan, you know, Dylan, uh, Andy Kay, whoever is on the VaynerX side of that 1.37 p.m. execution, they're going to make a subjective call. Mm-hmm. And they may not be right. I actually think it's impossible that we're going to hire <laughs> the best person. Really, I mean that. Well, that's tough. It's like drafting the best, greatest quarterback, right? There you go. Literally, I was just on the phone with the NFL general manager four seconds before I got on this, and we were talking about this upcoming draft, and there's multiple quarterbacks, the BYU kid, Fields, Lawrence, and like, you know, I mean, you know, I'm old. Ryan Leaf versus Peyton Manning was like really a coin toss. Mm-hmm. And like, and obviously it didn't play out that way. And so I think, I think, you know, for me, a couple things to that story. One, as a business owner, I don't expect us to make the right call every time. But more importantly, for the majority of people who are listening right now, when somebody doesn't hire you or pick you or you don't win on a subjective call, I'm devastated by how many people get upset or sad about that. Mm-hmm. When the reality is the judge could be wrong. Most of the pe- adults around me in my teenage years pegged me wrong. And so yeah. I just wish more people would understand that. Yeah, that's a it's a tough pill to swallow, and I I just but, but it doesn't. But I don't want it to be. I don't want that. No, it shouldn't be. You know? Yeah, I, I want people to realize that's a subjective pill, and do what I do. They're the idiot. They're wrong. Now listen, <laughs> if you're constantly losing over time, you may want to think. You know, if 1,700 jobs that you submit content to pass on you, you probably want to say, okay, there's something maybe in here, but not when not when one. Even as much as you admire the Gary Vee ecosystem, we get it wrong all the time. You know, I think my one of my favorite Carl Jung quotes is people will do anything no matter how absurd to avoid facing their own darkness. And I feel like that's that's the thing, right? In order to learn to love yourself, accept yourself, be confident in failing and be able to learn and be more aware, you have to go through that darkness and kind of befriend it and learn how to use it for good, which I think we touched on before, too. I mean, that's such a difficult piece to do. And I, again, I tried doing that for so long without that self-love. And that list of things you suck at, it gets so big and so giant that it just becomes so heavy and you can't handle it. And you can't do that without that self-love. I mean, brother, most people suck at 99% of things. And once you go there, well, then all of a sudden you almost spend no time thinking about what you suck at. You almost expect to suck at it. And, and that I actually think is good. I don't mean like, you're a droopy and you're like, I'm always gonna fail. That's different. There's an expectation that you're not the best boxer in the world, that you're not a supermodel, that you're not a rapper, that you're not a Twitch superstar, that you're not, like, that's good, that's okay. But there is things that you are good at or that you like so much that you can spend your time on it. And I'm a big fan of spending energy on those things. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that's missing from a lot of people's lives. They're doing shit they don't want to do. And once again, that was a big issue I had. Because they have responsibilities because they start getting a car and they get an apartment and they have to pay for shit and they just get caught in this rabbit hole without realizing this internet thing offers up other opportunities if you really understand how to play it. One of the coolest things I remember hearing you say, I thought it was funny because after my whole addiction and rehab and coming out, I uh, ended up moving back into my parents and I started this room nine and eventually, you know, it's now leading to where it is a few years later. But living with my parents, I remember hearing you say that the one time, if people would just get over their damn ego and move back in with their parents who they have good relationships with, I mean, you could save money, you can do that and build something. And that's that was a huge piece. And enjoy time with your parents. You know, I spent a week with my parents on vacation just this last week, it's the greatest. Like I already know I'll always be so grateful that even at this age, I'm so grateful for those memories. There's a lot of people that can save a lot of money, reset, 
and have good strategies if they had the humility. Now, there's a lot of people who don't have what I have, which is they don't like their parents, their parents are negative, yeah. and they don't want to come back, and that I respect that. I'm not speaking about being around negativity, but I am speaking about being humble as an offensive weapon, and I do think going back home is a viable option for a lot of people. Yes, it is. Yeah, and so many of us, will, although sometimes I am tempted to go beyond my own in the middle of nowhere, but that's, of course. that's another and that, and subject. By the way, you may end up doing that as well, and, and that's great too, or maybe not, and that's within yourself, but I think I do think that people underestimate how cool it can be to do a six-month sabbatical. You'll always, and by the way, you know what's ironic? A lot of people, I think, ended up doing it because of corona, yeah. and, it, and I think some have been good and some have been bad experiences, and that's what is exactly to be expected. Yes, it is. Yeah. Gary, so how do you, like, have you had instances in throughout Vayner and everything else and people on your team that have, like, even with mental health or even like substance use, how do you guys kind of like handle stuff like that? Empathetic is the first thing I think about how we handle it. Of course we do. And, you know, I think we're very liberal in that, like, you know, mm -hmm. we don't think if somebody has a dime bag fall out of their bag, <laughs> you know, lose our, we're not Nancy Reagan. And uh, we're very compassionate to it. I, I view it as almost always as an indicator to a disease or a mental framework that is unhappy and needs escapism from that unhappiness and a substance. You know, and by the way, you see it in food. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, a lot of people do it differently, right? Some do it in alcohol, some do it with soft drugs, some do it with hard drugs. A lot of people, a lot of people do it with food. Oh, you know, absolutely, yeah. We don't, talk, we don't talk a lot about that, but like, you know, I think we come with compassion and, um, you know, you know what's tough a little bit in business world is laws. You know, I would love to handle more things in a humane way, mm -hmm. but but the like, the lawyers and the state laws, and we're in London and New York and California where things are very liberal and yep. So like, it's been, it's funny when you said that, I, I said to myself, appro literally what went through my mind, empathetic, compassionate, appropriate, rule following, which, which feels sometimes not as human as I want to get like in there a little bit, sometimes a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then also, and then also being careful. I may be thoughtful and motivational, but I don't, I, don't, I am not, you know, a certified or trained. I, when, you know, I talk a lot about mindset, business opportunities, but when people start getting into substance abuse, I don't, I try to tread very lightly. I, I'm more like, Hey, I love you. I'm here for you. How can I help? Mm-hmm more so than like really knowing that I know what to do. And you know, I think what I spend most of my time on is trying to create a safe environment where if somebody is going through that within our organization, they feel like they can go to me or HR. We had, we had some, we had a, you know, it's funny, you forget about things. We had a real serious one actually a couple of years ago. Right. And I'm very, 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 very proud. The story ended up not as great as I hoped, but I'm incredibly proud of our humanity. I, I like that feeling. I like, I like, the, yeah. I, I really like, picking humanity over financial decisions. <laughs> even even when it even when you've already proven yourself to do the right thing, I always think you can do more of the right thing. And so, you know, I think those are some of the themes that run through my mind when you ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. You know, I still see things and I know the whole discussion between the disease, it's a disease and not whatever is debatable and all that. But I think you just said empathy, compassion is huge, no matter what anybody is yeah, going through. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm so not educated enough to even have a good conversation yeah. around, is it a disease? Is it choice? You know, all those things, right? What I can tell you is, to me, it's regardless. A Absolutely. human got into this place, whether it is fully chemically in you and was gonna happen, or 
It was the parenting style. It was the environment that person grew up in. It was one influential person in their life, non-parents that swayed it to lead to that. It was a singular event. And I think you and I probably know this to be true. It's a mixture of all those things. I think for me, it's kind of almost irrelevant. I feel like somebody's in pain. And the last thing I'm worried about is how productive they are at work versus how much I pay their salary. To me, that's just bullshit compared to somebody's got a real thing that they have to fix and we need to figure out how to put them in a position to succeed. Yeah, I wish more people took that took that route with the things because I feel like it's kind of that so back I, and forth. I think, I think it takes somebody who's financially capable and emotionally capable to take that stance. You know, a lot of people are not financially capable to deal with it. So I understand, right? They're like, oh man, I love Rick, but I can't continue to pay his salary. I have to fire him because I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out of business. I, I have to feed my family. I understand that. I also understand, listen, there's some people I know very well that the reason that they would wash their hands of that situation is they're overly sensitive and can't handle it. They, they themselves are not emotionally strong enough to deal with that. So like, you know, you know, it's why I struggle to judge people, you know, like, you don't know what the rationale is behind someone's decision. And I tend to not be as cynical as a lot of people. I, I want to be a little more thoughtful if there's something there that, you know, might have led to, you know, it might look on paper that they made a bad decision or you don't like what decision they made, but it, there might be some real pain and some vulnerabilities behind the scenes that you're unaware of. And I have, I have to be compassionate to that because I feel those feelings. Yeah, there almost always is something obviously deeper when people are struggling with that. I mean, even like you said, I mean, I think everybody, we all use something to cope. Some people use Netflix, some people use work, some people use exercise to avoid facing something. I mean, we all do it. You know what's funny? I definitely, definitely use the New York Jets as a coping mechanism. I go into almost like a meditation cocoon state <laughs> on Sunday, even this Sunday when, you know, there was nothing to watch for me, but I'll still watch it. And it's almost like going to church, you know, in some level, you know, like it's, it's really, I, I dump out anxieties and stresses of my real life because in those three hours, I'm really invested in that story. And it really helps me. And some people watch films and don't realize that, you know, music, I think people really do realize because yeah. you know, through the years that was obvious to us, oh, you like that band because, or like angst or like grunge or like hip hop, you know, I think music, I think the arts are a big uh, way, you know, work. I think I've used work as escapism at mm -hmm. times for personal vulnerabilities and fear. Hobbies. Yeah, I think I think humans do it a lot, actually. A ton. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like and that kind of swings to the one of the last things I wanted to bring up to you, because what I felt what I fell into what I how I fell into love with like branding, brand strategy, content creation, storytelling was because as I was kind of like, oh, it's not just lie and manipulate somebody it's mm. hey let's be authentic and real and tell our story why we're passionate why we're happy to help and that we really want to help blah 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 and that's why i really fell in love with it because i really feel like it could change my community and so i've kind of have really have just dove head deep into this all right brand content creation storytelling yeah i think i think that's right i actually think the best marketers and salespeople are the most authentic and i do think that marketing and sales have a really bad stain on it and I understand why there's incredible amounts, of, but so is politics and teachers and cops and many of the greatest, there's unlimited amounts <laughs> of really nice, incredible politicians, teachers, cops, fire, you know, but, but all of those three professions also have a negative spin on it. No different than market. And so to me, I never judge a whole thing. Like I've, I think one of the great reasons I've been very mm -hmm. good at business is I always sell something I believe in and that's good. I really believe that. Yeah, And I mean, that's what business should be, right? I give you value, you give me value. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, I think 
I do think that's how it works out. I think that's how sustainable good businesses work. You can't trick people for too long. <laughs> no, you cannot. We always see what ends up happening with that, especially nowadays in 2021, you're getting filmed. With the, who was that? Who was the quarterback who's just in a strip club? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You're like, really? Yeah. Like, you, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, look, what, what you're doing there in that scenario is, you know, you're young. I mean, look, it, you know, it sounds like you went through your trials and tribulations as a young man. Like, again, even stuff like that, to me, it's like, okay, that's a misunderstanding of what leadership requires. You know, mm-hmm. I don't judge a woman or man's off the field activities, per se, as long as they're not breaking the law. But in COVID, your team is making a run. It's just bad judgment of a maturity standpoint. Like, you know, you always have to think if this gets out, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you hope people learn from those kind of mistakes and build on it. Well, that's the whole point, I guess, is one of the biggest things I try to push to people is just if you can get out of that self-pity and just pick your eyes up and learn something, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is. I mean, that's where growth happens. I mean, and that's where it really happens. And I think that's just such a huge thing for people that I would at least message that I want to push out to people because there's just not enough of it. And I don't know. And it's crazy because I think all the time, Gary, man, all the shit, awesome shit you say, a lot of people are out there giving value to people and you see all these millions of views and but nothing's changing and just comes back to that whole swing, the whole circle around at the beginning of this episode, that whole entire just do it. Like more action. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why I talk about accountability, right? Like, you know, listen, I I don't get discouraged about talking this about the same themes with different ways to execute mm-hmm. it because I know it works. And I know today might be the day somebody watches my video for the 47th time in their life. That's it. And this was the one, and that feels incredibly invigorating. And I'm also not selling anything. So, you know, I don't, you know, for me, it just feels, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I'm not struggling with like, you know, anything to be frank, you know, it's like very easy to give the best opinions. Cause it's not, you know, people like advice, like maybe I'll, I'm sure I slip up and say the word advice, but like, I'm glad I didn't hear. These are hypotheses and opinions, life experiences that seem really real to me. Yeah. And I don't think I'm smarter or better uh, or any of those things. I just think that I have a passion to share it. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just, uh, hold on. You, this is, by the way, you're about to learn how I create. So I just said, for the first time ever, hypotheses, opinions, which I've said a lot before, but I also said life experiences. And while I was just talking to you, I realized that that spells whole. Ah, okay. And so literally I just clicked the sticky up here and I'm writing this down. So I make an Instagram (laughs) video of, I live in a hole. So do all of us. And it's gonna be my opportunity to make a piece of content that speaks about me not thinking I'm smarter or I'm giving advice or I'm a guru. Fuck that shit. I'm <laughs> passionate about talking about my, you know, hypotheses, my opinions, grounded in my life experiences, and that's my whole. And that whole has brought people value, and everybody else should be thinking about their holes. Because when you stop thinking about being an expert, and you stop thinking about being a guru, and you th- stop thinking about being unstoppable and like the greatest at, and you just say, this is about my, my hypotheses, my opinions, and my life events, all of a sudden, people are able to create a lot more content and probably have a lot of people out there that share their same experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm doing is just digging a great hole. And I'm hopeful that this little rant, which I just might use this clip, Dustin, I hope you're listening. I hope this <laughs> clip just helps people dig their own hole because that hole can be happiness for both themselves. I love my hole and I love that my hole has helped so many other people. Yeah, that's awesome. 
and I guess Dustin did get it too. It's a- yes, I see it. <laughs> That's great. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, I I did a, a podcast yesterday and I was with the guy I was talking to, uh, Fabian Geierhalter. He's a brand strategist. And I was talking to him and I just said, I haven't looked at my podcast download for months. Like, I have no idea. For me, it's always just about I'm the same. awesome I know conversation. I, yeah. I know outside of my front facing metrics, those mm-hmm. I can see, but like podcasts, I never know the hell's going on there. You know? Yeah. I mean, I love, it's just been a great networking tool. I love great conversations and it's just an awesome thing for me to do. I just love it. I've developed, I mean, here I am. I got to you know, have a conversation with you for a little bit and just it's so cute. many other awesome people. And so it's just, it's a good time and something I probably just continue to do. Yeah. It brings you happiness, you know, it gives you access to people you enjoy, create a little community. It's like, you know, it's not in like, and kind of like you said, just one person, the one person who emails you every month or so. I'm sure you get a lot more than that, but me, just oh, every, bro, it's, bro. it's, it's, there, it's the I best. Was there, bro, yeah. I was there five minutes ago. I was there five minutes ago, my friend. Five minutes ago, AKA 14 years ago, I was getting the one or two, hey, I love your wine show. And I was like, really? This is, yeah, no, which is awesome. Afraid. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. I knew I could do something, but it was like, it was not really, it was, cause that's just not the real energy. It was, fuck, that's so cool. This is cool. This, I, this is something I like doing. People like it. This is fun. This, could, this is good for my business. This is good for the wine industry. This is good for my da- dad. You know, like it mm-hmm. was just good. I think, you, again, it's something you mention all the time too. When you, you're doing something you love, it just doesn't seem like work. It doesn't. It's one of the great cliches of all time, but yeah, there's but a reason true. that cliches stick and stereotypes stick. There's always some Yes, there is. There. I really do believe that when you like your process, it just makes it better. Yes, it does. So, Gary, what what are like what are some things you do when you're when you feel overwhelmed, angry, anxious? Like, do you have any practices that you go to? Oh yeah, I go super macro and think about the death of my parents or my children. Yeah, that's so shocking. I, I just I just do. I just it helps me. I'm like I'm really upset about this, or this person really made me sad, or this is really bad, quote unquote. And then I'm like, okay. Yesterday, I just get back from vacation and we get really bad news at VaynerMedia. We lose a big account, real money. And now I'm like anxious because we may have to fire some people. You know, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And it was left field. It was like not, I mean, we're talking to a client November, December. It's been a multi-year client. Like this makes no sense. You know, anxiety, like you have a business, you know, like it hits you for a microsecond, but I quickly go into like, what if they call me and said they're doubling it, but somebody I love the most got cancer today. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I struggle with, my go-to is perspective at the highest level of a very narrow feeling of the 12, 15 people, Brandon Warnicky, my best friend, like who do I love the most? What if they were sick? What if they got COVID and died? What if they got hit by a car? Like I wouldn't give a shit about triple revenue growth. I wouldn't give a shit about finding 500 Babe Ruth rookie cards under a bench. I wouldn't <laughs> care about the Jets winning the Super Bowl. I just wouldn't. Yep. And so why am I going to let, like, I can feel it. I'm a human. I'm not a fucking robot, but like, let's, let, let's get that perspective up. And so the more nervous or upset I am, the more I push the perspective up. Yeah. That's huge. That speaking of cliche sayings, that cliche saying the glass is half full, the glass is half empty are both right. It just depends on which one you take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as cheesy as it is, I mean, it's very true. And that was again, one of my things, boom you know what, I'm done feeling sorry for myself. I'm done acting like I got dealt a bad hand. Because you didn't. Yeah. It was the way you decided to look at it. And I think that 
it's funny you mentioned like death because I think that's another thing that made me grow up quicker that I could actually look at like a positive thing is when my brother and sister died when I was 15 at least pulling positive things out of that right like it made me realize wow life isn't that serious because it can be taken from you at any moment and I feel like that's just an awesome perspective that's awesome that you use that to make your perspective it's awesome that I haven't had to go through that pain that you had to for some reason naturally feel it yeah and I I don't claim to feel it the same way that people have actually gone through it, but I would be lying and not authentic here right now if I didn't tell you when I go into that perspective mode, it I feel things. Yeah. I get real, you know, I get really, you know, and I'm just so then great. It's almost like, ooh, it's almost like, you know, like, you know, like, you're like, you know, it's kind of like when the cop co- lights go on behind you and you're like, <laughs> and then they drive past you like, ah, or like when you finally do something you're anxious about and you just can, <sighs> by the way, breathing's really interesting to me. I know this is is well documented and there's many experts on it. And lately, I've thoughtfully done a deeper breath or two occasionally when I'm feeling something. It's really been nice. Oh, it's great. You can sometimes feel your heart rate slow down like like physically. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, not a problem, brother. Again, I mean, all the haters out there. Can, you're a man of your word, so to come on my show, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. So thank you. You have a lot of people who thought that there was no way I was going to do it. Um, no, I'm just you know I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying in general. They all people hate on you all the time. I see it. I'm like, what the fuck? It just it's so funny to see. Listen, the that, shit people love to talk online. It's it's entertaining. It comes with the territory of being known. Yes, it does. It, it, you know, hate online and hate in general is almost always a complete direct indication of pain. And sometimes yep. that hate is is um, is um merited, right? Someone hates their mother because she did something super inappropriate to them growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And then other times hate is wildly inappropriate. You know, to me, when you hate someone that you don't know at all, there's a deeper thing going on with you. There absolutely is. And I and it's funny. That's why I don't think the hate bothers me because I actually deploy sympathy. Yeah, I I don't know how you could would let it bother you. It's kind of entertaining when somebody's that angry all the way across the world. You're a human being, and like I'd be lying if I didn't say sometimes things are like right because you're always worried that you want to provide value and you want to do good and you don't want you know one of the things when you put out so much content like I do you don't want to be misrepresented and you're always worried that something's put out of context. So you try to be thoughtful, but yeah, I think I think to your point. Anyway, nonetheless, yes, get out of here. All right, brother. Yep. Later. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Room 9. Room 9 helps behavioral health organizations achieve clarity around their brand, their purpose, and the content they create by delivering a precise and clear path that will radically transform the way your company connects with the people who use their services. Check us out at room9podcast.com or give us an email at room9podcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and your support and just being a part of this community. Talk to you guys next week.